0: Hello love and welcome to another episode of the Faith-Based Storyteller Show where we sharpen and encourage one another in Christ by sharing the story and testimony that God has allowed us to experience in life. I'm your host, Michaela Robertson, and I appreciate you for joining me for another day, another week, and another Testimony Tuesday, where we have the opportunity to hear a story of a faith-based storyteller who the Lord has truly blessed. Our guest this week is LaToya Matthews, so let me read her official bio for you guys. LaToya Matthews is a grace-filled healing coach and speaker who has earned a reputation as a beacon of hope for leading women who have experienced abortion from shame and self-condemnation to wholeness and freedom. After taking her own traumatic solo healing journey, LaToya's on a mission to unravel the shackles of guilt, pain and regret that bind countless other women, those whose lives have been radically transformed by LaToya's anointed message of hope and restoration Finally, referred to her as the Underground Railroad of Freedom for Wounded Women. Now, Latoya is a dear friend of mine, and she actually just wrote a book called Unveiled Freedom that we're going to dive into today. Um, And I am so honored that she decided to make the Faith-Based Storyteller Show one of her stops on her freedom tour. So basically, in order to publicize her book, in order to share the word that God has given her to share with everyone else, in order to tell her story, she is on a freedom tour and she is making stops at different podcasts, in different cities, in different states, and I'm just so grateful that she allowed us to be one of the stops on her freedom tour. So I pray that this episode brings you healing. I pray that this episode opens your eyes um, and allows you to walk in the freedom of forgiveness and the freedom that God has, has anointed you for in this season of your life. And without further ado, I'd love to introduce you guys to the LaToya
1: Matthews. Welcome to the show, LaToya. Thank you so much for having me, Michaela. It's such an honor to be here.
0: I am super excited to have you here. I'm super excited for the people to hear your story, but they've heard your bio. They've heard a little bit about you. Tell the people first off who you are and what you do.
1: So, my name is D. Latoya Matthews, and I am a D. The Latoya Matthews. Y'all
0: know the Latoya Matthews. There is no other (laughs) Latoya Matthews. If your name is Latoya, I'm sorry, but there's only one D. I'm sorry, go
1: ahead. Yes, uh, and I am a freedom coach, and I help bring women who've experienced abortion to freedom um, through coaching and through in person events such as retreats. I love it. Now, I'm curious, a freedom coach, freedom from what? What are we getting free from? We're getting free from shame, guilt, regret of having an abortion or anything really that has caused you to hide and shrink shrink who you are because of things that have happened to you in your life. So I come to disrupt the bondage, disrupt the things that you've been, that's been holding you back. I come to disrupt that and bring freedom. Amen.
0: Now, LaToya, I'm curious because every single one of us has our own story and you being Mm -hmm. a freedom coach, I know that there has been an experience or a journey that you went through to get to a point where you can help other people reach their freedom. Tell us a little bit about uh, that experience in your life that led you to your freedom.
1: So it all began for me back in 2003, Um, I was born and raised in Mississippi. I am in Georgia right now. So it all started, this journey started in Mississippi back in 2003 after I graduated from high school. And it was during a time in my life where I was really still finding out who I was and, you know, really finding my place um, after graduation. And I had moved from one town to another. And so I was really excited. It was during the summertime. And I got a call from one of my previous coaches who stated that, Um, he had gotten scholarships for me and so I was excited because in my mind I'm like this is my opportunity to leave Mississippi I was already my mind had been made up I wasn't staying in Mississippi it wasn't the place for me but I got uh, I started feeling this um, I was feeling tired and I just didn't know I was 18 I'm naive so I'm like I don't know what is happening but I guess my body had been given off signs that I was carrying life. And one of my grandmother's friends saw me in the, the grocery store one day and she said, you're glowing. And she was like, your little nose is spreading. You know how they be talking. Mm-hmm. Your little nose is spreading. And she was like, you're pregnant. And I was like, like, ain't no way. There's no way. And so I got to thinking and my cousin had been making fun of me about Also being tired like all the time, but I thought it was just me being up all the time from being with my boyfriend because he worked like seven to seven. So I would always be up with him. And so I found myself going to the health department and taking a pregnancy test. And she told me, you are pregnant. And I don't remember anything else that she said after that, because it was just like, womp, womp, like I zoned Mm -hmm. out because I was like, what in the world? But at that time, it it didn't dawn on me like you had been participating in activities that led to this. But in my mind, it was still hard for me to receive that. And Mm -hmm. so I was like, you know what? I just got some good news. I'm going to play tennis. I have a scholarship to play tennis. I have a scholarship to play basketball. And I have these things going for me. And I know that standing in Mississippi is not an option for me. And so I had never heard of the word abortion, but... I made the appointment to have an abortion and it was just like, okay, this is going to be the best decision for me because of everything that's happening in my life and no offense to anyone who's on welfare or anything like that. But at that time, my thought process was I'm not going to be one of those people that's on welfare because I don't even know if I'm going to still even be with this guy because he was dating someone else at the time, you know, also, And so there were so many things that ran through my mind and I was like, this is going to be the best decision for me. So I made the appointment and found myself doing like the walk of shame into that abortion clinic and just walking in with my head held low. And I remember just thinking, I got to hold my head down. Like someone's going to know who I am. Like we're in a whole different town. So no one would know me, but that wasn't my thought at that time. So I went in, filled out the paperwork, and then I remember just laying on that table and I could hear the suction from, and before I say that, I trigger warning to anyone who's ever had, you know, an abortion and gone through this process, but my process wasn't the pill, it was a vacuum. Mm. And so I just remember laying on that table and seeing jars around me and hearing the whirling of that machine and just thinking in my mind, like my baby's in one of those jars now. And so I got up off the table and I went into the recovery room and I don't even know how long I sat there, but it was just a time in kind of a dim lit room. And afterwards I went back out in the car to the truck where my boyfriend was at the time And it was just this awkward silence. And we went school shopping afterwards because that's what our plan was anyway, to go school shopping so that I could prepare for college. And so I got in the truck, went school shopping. And later on that night, I went back to my aunt's house that I was staying with at the time. And I remember just taking my stuff in the house and going to that back room, sitting on the bed. Then all of a sudden the wall just came crashing down. Like I just remember sobbing and saying to myself, What did I just do? Mm. And just having this overwhelming sense of guilt and regret. And he must have been feeling the same because he came back and picked me up at that time. And we went and sat and talked. And I just continued to cry. And I cried on his shoulder. And from that day on, I just remember my prayer being, God, please forgive me for what I've done. I didn't know prayer at that time, but that's all I knew to say. And that was my prayer every day for 10 years. Like there wasn't a day that went by that I didn't pray, God, please forgive me. And I knew that it was crazy because that may, I had my abortion like end of July, beginning of August. I don't remember the time, but I know it was that time frame. And I had just got baptized in May, you know, dedicating my life to the Lord. And then I, you know, I'm hit with this decision that I've decided to make. And it was just like, I know I didn't have a real relationship with God at that time, but I knew that I wanted to get baptized. But just making that decision afterwards, I think it was just a whole lot of condemnation that I didn't know what's condemnation at the time. Mm-hmm. And so after that I graduated from college and I moved to Georgia. And Georgia was where I began my journey. Um, found a church to be in, and my pastor, my now pastor, introduced me to Lisa Bevere's book, The True Measure of a Woman.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: in that book was two questions that kind of changed the trajectory uh, for me after, you know, after that 10, 12 years. And the first question was, "What is it that you have in your closet that you need to clean out?" Hmm. And immediately, it was like I knew God was talking to me, telling me that it was time for me to clean out that piece of abortion.
2: Yeah.
1: But I was also dealing with, I believe I was still I was dealing with depression because my grandmother had just passed away as well in two thousand and six, and so it was it was just a lot happening um, at that time. And that second question was, what is, you know, what is it of value that you have to offer to others? And I just remember feeling so bad because I was like, I have nothing to give to no one else. And I even said, God, how could you make me with with no purpose? Mm
2: -hmm. Like,
1: how could you create me knowing that I had no value, that I have nothing to give to no one else? And so we had to come back during a women's meeting and put the answers down on what we wrote. And I really didn't want to give my answers because I had never heard of anyone talk about, you know, such a thing. Mm -hmm. And I remember telling my pastor, you know, my answers. And she said, sweetie, God forgave you the very first time that you prayed. Mm -hmm. And it was like the gift that I didn't know that I needed because what she didn't know was over that decade or so. I had been dealing with this pain in my stomach, this pain that was, it was like a sharp pain as a reminder of what I had done. And the moment that she said, God forgave you the very first time that you prayed, my pain went away. Wow. And I've I, and I never ha- had that pain in my stomach anymore. And I knew that now I know that at that time, it was that unforgiveness toward myself that I was holding on to as a it was almost as if i wanted to remind myself that you aren't good because that's what the enemy had fed me that i wasn't a value that i wasn't worthy of god's blessing Mm -hmm. and that's the that's the things that i told myself but after she said that it changed everything for me because it was like the gift that i didn't know that i needed
0: Mm -hmm. that's
1: powerful it's
0: that is powerful like i'm sitting here just listening to your story and how god was with you every step of the way and yeah. what i think is so interesting is that um first off i've never had an abortion so i wasn't sure about that process i've only heard of like the pills that people mm-hmm. have taken mm-hmm. i've never heard of anyone having a vacuum but the minute you said that it was like i i saw the life being sucked out of you And I saw spiritually the enemy sucking the life out of you. So the fact that you carried that for 10 more years, like you carried, like you allowed the enemy to suck the life out of you. Even though you had prayed for forgiveness, even though you had done better for yourself and you were going to the Lord and you were building up that relationship within that span, it's still a physical manifestation of what had happened, but spiritually the enemy did suck the life out of you and made you
1: feel like you were no longer- yes worthy of living exactly and keep in mind during this time I have found a new church so every day I'm still sh- every week I'm showing up to church in this in this shame in this guilt in this regret and one day my pastor approached me and she said I see death in your eyes mm-hmm. and it's funny that you mentioned that because I I put this in my book but I said um Physically, life had been sucked out of me, and now spiritually, the same is being done. Mm-hmm. And I knew that death was knocking, and I knew that it was an intervention from the Lord because I was in my mind. I was having suicidal thoughts. I was ready to leave my husband and my daughter behind because it was, it almost had become too unbearable for me.
2: Mm hmm
0: absolutely and what's even crazier is that where do we store our vacuums at home in the closet closets so the fact that that book literally asked you what's in what's in the closet mm-hmm. the very thing that sucked the life out of you was yes. hiding in your spiritual closet all those years and you mm-hmm. moved from place to place house to house apartment to apartment mm-hmm. boyfriend to boyfriend like you you've had this whole life but you carried everything from one closet to the next closet the next, yes. and you didn't get to unpack it until that one mm. question was asked and it's
1: so crazy exactly. how all it took was that one question yes technically two Ooh. questions because there was a the second yeah. Question. yeah and 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 you know just thinking about that brings tears to my eyes because it wasn't if it wasn't for the grace of God amen you know his mercy and his grace Mm -hmm. i know and and i'm reminded of that song by elevation worship that's called mercy you know i'm so glad that my freedom wasn't based on what i've done Mm -hmm. you know but it's by his mercy amen his mercy
0: amen whom the son says free is free it's free indeed and you had to accept that freedom yes because when she said oh he forgave you the first time you prayed that mm. that's the whole that's a whole message for, that's it yeah everybody like <laughs> does he hear the first prayer do we have to continuously pray every mm-hmm. like it's that that's a whole message yeah. but you were set free
1: at 18 and you've been free the entire time well I was set free let me see it was it was it wasn't until I was 28 But yeah, the very first time that I prayed was 18. Yeah, you're right. But I didn't know that. Wow. I didn't know. I'm
0: curious. What does freedom mean to you? For me,
1: freedom. uh, Freedom is an invitation for us to really accept who God says that we are. Right. And Mm -hmm. I have a shirt that has free and it has a definition on it and it says the release of judgment Mm. to break away from the religious and societal um standards Mm -hmm. so to me that's what freedom is it's it's a release being able to go and be who you authentically are right flaws and all Mm -hmm. being able to walk in who I was truly created to be for me that's what freedom is
0: amen I love that so continue on this journey we have gotten this book we have accepted freedom Mm -hmm. we are walking in our freedom how did we get from the acceptance of freedom to -hmm. becoming a freedom coach Because it's one thing to walk in your own freedom, but it takes a whole nother level of freedom to be able to help other people walk
2: in theirs.
1: Right. And it was still a journey. Even after I accepted that freedom, I knew that there was still work that I had to do. And it was some hard work that I had to do. And I also, when my daughter got old enough, I remember having to have that conversation with her about me um, having my abortion. And I remember my husband asking me, Does does she know what you do? And I was like, I don't know, because like she always went with me when I had things and when I had speaking engagements. Mm -hmm. And so I called her downstairs and I asked her if she knew and she gave me her definition. But after she said. Well, I'm glad that you chose me. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And that was another level of receiving God's love, Mm
2: -hmm. you know,
1: for me. I didn't know that I needed to hear that, but it was, it's just, if God was speaking through her, because now having an open conversation with her, that peels back more shame, right? That continues to break the chains off. And so as I continued to kind of share this, but it wasn't until I joined um, command the stage. I had attended Confidence Act, Rachel Luna's Confidence Activated.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I knew that that weekend something major was going to happen. I wrote it in my journal. You know, I, I, it was like I almost prophetically stated stuff in that journal. And I remember uh, going to Confidence Activated and I remember standing up in there at that time because they allowed us to ask questions. And I said, how do you incorporate something taboo into business? And Tiffany Montgomery was like, you just, you know, just tell the story. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying that I had an abortion at 18 and, you know, I was wanting to kind of talk about this and help other people because I always knew that I wanted to help people, but I just didn't know how I had tried my hand at blogging. I was doing the fashion blog, but, but it wasn't working out because this mm-hmm. was—that's I was running. That's what I was doing. <laughs> That's real. But, but I asked the question, and immediately after, I ran out the room, mm. and I was met with someone who allowed me to cry on their shoulders. And after I did that, it was just so many women that came up to me and said, "Thank you for." um, being brave. Like I too have had one and women asked me to pray for them. And someone asked me, you know, if I would coach them and it was just like, I I have no idea, you know, Mm -hmm. what I'm doing (laughs) right now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But it was like, they confirmed and affirmed me already of what God was asking me to do because God was already speaking to me to tell my story. But I was like, I'm not ready to be judged. Yeah, I'm not ready for what comes with this. But I also understood that I knew what I told myself. So what you have to say really wasn't compared to anything that I haven't already told myself. So you can't tell me anything that I haven't already said. Yep. And but I just wasn't ready for that level of exposure. But the voice of God kept getting louder. And hearing those women say that to me, it was like, okay. now I need to take the steps to learn how to tell my story in a way that it would impact other people. So I signed up for um, Patrice Washington's command the stage. And through there, I began to get the tools that I needed. But one day we were on what we call a hot seat call. And I still wasn't trying to say the word abortion. I was trying to tiptoe around and try my best mm-hmm. not to say it. And she called me out and she was like, own it. hmm and those two words set me free and so I started telling my story on podcasts wherever I could tell my story and through that women started reaching out to me saying I want you to help me but in the midst of that it wasn't just women who had had abortions it was women who had been raped it was women who had been molested it had it was women who had gone through divorce so it was like it wasn't just the shame of abortion, but it was the shame of these things that women had been through
2: mm-hmm. that
1: was still holding them in bondage that they came to me and said, I want you to help me with this, too. And so I formed the program. And through that, I I uh, sent a survey out asking them to give me words to describe the program. And those the one word that kept coming up was free, like they mm-hmm. felt free after working with me and here I am it was just like man at one point in my life I thought I had no value but as oxymoron as it sounds it was like my abortion birth purpose in me Mm -hmm. and so through that and every time I open my mouth it's just like shame keeps breaking the chains of shame keep breaking every time I, you know, help a woman. The chains of sh- shame keeps breaking off. So it's like the yeah. more that I speak about it, the more I become free. Mm. Because the one thing that shame wants us to do is to be silent. Absolutely. Because shame holds secrets, right? We Oof. we don't like to give, you know, that which we seem would make us less than. Yes. And so with that shame comes secrets and secrets come stress and with stress comes sickness. Mm. And it is just, and I know, you know, all about that, you know, when you keep shame and you let it be a secret, it becomes stress in your life and stress leads to sickness. And so the more we begin to speak, it weakens shame. And so that's what I was doing. I was trying to find ways so that I can speak, so that I can continue to weaken this thing that had its grip on me. Latoya, this is so good.
0: This is so good. I mean, when you said chains create secrets, secrets create stress, stress creates, wait, hold on, let me rewind. Shame, secrets, stress, sickness. Mm Mm-hmm. And all you have to do to avoid that is to tell your story. Tell it. Because there is power in your story. Your story is your testimony. The Bible says that we overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So the fact that you are standing here today to share your story is just
1: proof that your testimony holds power and your testimony has the power to free people. Exactly. Exactly. And so many of us are afraid to tell the story. Hmm. And it was like, you tell the story, what it, the saying would say, tell the truth, shame the devil.
2: Hmm.
1: It's like, I know who I am. I know that I was a murderer. I know these things, mm-hmm. but now I have truth that I've been forgiven that mm-hmm. when I repented and asked for forgiveness, it was thrown into the sea of forgetfulness. So if God isn't holding it over my head, then why am I? Hmm. I have to learn to let go because so many times we're so used to carrying these things that it becomes, it's, it's not heavy anymore. It becomes something that we carry with us every day and we don't know that we're carrying it. Absolutely. And so now I'm learning to let go because if God said, I'm, I'm, I am I've, forgot about it. Yeah. You know, God keeps records. But he doesn't keep those type of records.
0: Yeah. I mean, even knowing that God is love and love says love keeps no records of wrongdoing. Why are we allowing the things that we did wrong to hold us bound in shackles for the
1: rest of our lives? Come on. Just like that. And it's like we punish ourselves. We do. And we let the things of other people punish us, too. Mm. And we have to learn how to separate that. Like what has happened to
0: let's let's pause real quick, speak a little bit more on that, letting the things that other people do punish us.
1: Yeah, because when we don't walk in that forgiveness, forgiveness in the Bible means to let go. Mm -hmm. It means to overthrow it. So therefore, if we're walking in unforgiveness, we're allowing that thing to control us. So if, if someone has done something to us, we allow that to control what we eat, how we speak, how we dress, because this is attached to you because you were attached to that person. But when we learn to separate that and say, hey, what that person did or how that person made me feel has nothing to do with me, I'm mm-hmm. able to separate that and walk in freedom. I'm no longer that Xbox controller that you get to press X and O to control how I dress, how I eat and where I go hmm. So now when I forgive, I let you go. Ooh. And when I let you go, you have no control over me. And that's so we so have powerful. to separate that. And that's so powerful because it's not just letting go of others. It's letting go of who you used to be, who you used to be. And, and, and even those traumatic things that we experience, it's an invitation to accept those things that are true, but also release those things that are not true. Amen. Though we don't like to go to, through those traumatic events, it's an invitation for us to accept and release. hmm So now I get to release that that lie of I have no value. It took me going through a traumatic event to realize that Mm. I have something. Absolutely. I was created with something.
0: Absolutely. Amen. Okay. Latoya, you, (laughs) you didn't throw me off, but (laughs) this is good. This is good. I'm, I'm here for all of this. Um, I was talking to you the other day and we were having mm-hmm. a conversation. And it's so interesting that we're even talking about the freedom of forgiveness and letting things go. Because in that conversation, we talked about the book of Luke mm-hmm. and how yes. there was a specific chapter in Luke that you resonated with. And then there was one in Luke that I resonated with. And I don't want to get past that because I love you some, Luke. Keep you be telling the truth. <laughs> so yes, I am curious what was that word for you that changed things? for you and helped you find that release and that freedom that you were looking for and like how did luke play into your journey toward becoming free hey there storyteller i just want to interrupt this episode really quick to let you know that faith audio network is now open Faith Audio Network is our community for storytellers like you, storytellers who listen to podcasts like this, storytellers who know they have a voice and they know that God has given them a powerful gift to be able to go out and speak for him, to give him glory. So if you know that you are interested in joining a community that is going to hold you accountable, that is going to pray with you, that is going to intercede on your behalf and that's going to sharpen your faith, this is the community for you. To learn more and to register, please visit faithaudionetwork.com. That's faithaudionetwork.com.
1: So one night I was laying in the bed with my daughter Mm. and I had a vision. And in that vision was Luke, um, Luke 10, no, Luke 13, Luke 13, 10 through 13. And it talks about the woman who walked in the synagogue bent over and Jesus saw her Mm. and he called her. And then he laid hands on her and said, woman, you have been healed of your infirmities. Mm-hmm. I had never heard of that verse because I, I, I'm i not a Bible scholar. So I didn't know anything about that, that particular chapter, Luke 13. Do you mind and, if I read
0: this for the people? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. So y'all know we, we open up Bibles over here, but <laughs> Latoya was saying Luke 13, 10 through 13. Mm-hmm. And this is mm-hmm. from the CSB version. And it says, as he was teaching in one of the synagogues at the Sabbath, a woman was there who had been disabled by the spirit for over 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called out to her, woman, you are free of your disability. Then he laid his hands on her and instantly she was
1: restored and began to glorify God. And that was his promise that he spoke to me Absolutely. that I would be able to help women become free and unbound by the things that have, you know, that have held them bound. And the one thing after studying that, that particular scripture, it was like, despite what she had been d- dealt, the hand that she be- had been dealt, she still showed up to service. Yes. She still kept going. Yes, But then it says, in the midst of him teaching, out of all the people that he saw, he saw her. Mm. And it said that he saw, which means that he not only saw her physically, he saw her spiritually. Mm -hmm. He saw the thing that was holding her bound. And even in my own life, it was like I was showing up to church and then God intervened with my pastor to truly see spiritually what was happening on the inside of me. But it was like in the midst of all that, he took time in a time where women were considered second class. He took time to help a woman Mm -hmm. to become free when the religious people said, do that on the day when it's not, you know, don't Mm -hmm. do that on the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. But God said, but Jesus was coming to disrupt the thing and the thing that i love about luke is that he's a non-jew so he was he wasn't even considered to be in the fold mm-hmm. right but he still tells the story but luke was what god spoke to me for my purpose and so it made me intrigued to want to read the rest of luke and to see all that was in there and The thing that I love about Luke is that he's an invitation for those of us who feel like outcasts, for those of us who have been overlooked, for those of us who deem unqualified, who are not worthy. Yes. And Luke perfectly positions Jesus, you know, looking at those that other people overlook. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was like somebody understands it because Luke was a non-Jew, so he understood an outsider. Mm Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was like having an abortion. I'm an outsider. I'm an outcast because society tells me that, yeah, you don't deserve grace. You don't deserve mercy for killing a kid. Mm. But I'm thankful for God's grace and his mercy. And Luke sheds that. Yes. And so it really helped me. And there's another story in Luke, Luke 7, 36 through 50, that talks about the sinful woman who came to see Jesus and there was, they were at a Pharisee's house, Simon's, the Pharisee, Mm -hmm. they were at his house and she approached the house boldly. She took a risk Mm. by going to that house Mm -hmm. and she went in and began to weep at Jesus's feet and even wash his feet with her tears and her hair and poured out perfume over him. Mm-hmm. And the Pharisee said, if he's such a prophet, then he would know what type of woman is touching him. Mm-hmm. And I know that I've been that woman, that sinful woman not wanting to show up because of the, the sin that I've committed, mm. but in her risk, she got a reward because Jesus said, because of your faith. Yes. Yes you have been made whole you have been you've been set free because yes. of your faith and in that scripture it talks about the two men who were had debts but they were canceled and he said who do you think you know was happier mm-hmm. was it the one with the lesser debt or the one with the more the who had a lot of debt and the response was the one with the lot of debt and he said because she has sinned much. She loved much, but those who love little, is that that sin little loves little.
0: You know what, Latoya? We about to go into a whole Bible study because, ma'am, <laughs> ma'am, you just—I I have to look up the scripture because I don't know where the scripture is. Um, it is in Second Corinthians. Oh no, no, no. Philippians 4, 14. Okay, there's there's so much I want to unpack right now. Mm-hmm. So let me let me stay focused to go back. Number <laughs> one, random question. When is your birthday? January the 12th. Do you realize? Because I was sitting here reading the previous scripture that we just talked about, which was Luke and Luke. Mm-hmm. The first one, Luke, chapter 13, the 10 through 13 that we were reading. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna start there and then we're gonna double back because okay. Because you know how the most loop. We're not yes, gonna have yes. a whole Bible study. I'm not about to do our day, <laughs> but I'm just really excited that the Lord revealed yes. this. Um, and I know you probably have seen this, but What I realized is that in this scripture, in verse 11, or we just going to start from the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. It said, Jesus, as he was teaching in the synagogue on the Sabbath, a woman was there who had been disabled by a spirit for over 18 years. Your birthday is in January. You got baptized in May. You were 18 already. So it was your 18th year going into your 18th year for the Lord has freed you. So like literally like she was bent over and she could not straighten up at all. So throughout your life, you had been bent. And what I love is the words that they used were disabled because I hadn't read this scripture in the CSB version. I usually read New King James, but Mm -hmm. disabled. So you were unable to do something.
2: Yes. Like you
0: had spent 18 years of your life unable to do yes. something. Even from the beginning, you were talking about how you were uh in Mississippi and you were like, I gotta get out of here. Yes, yes. <laughs> I need there's more to my life. There's I more. Know there is like I feel like I am un, like disabled. Unable. Yeah, to do something you you were bent. So you couldn't walk straight, you couldn't walk in the confidence of who God called you to be. Um, But then verse 12, when Jesus saw her, he called her out, woman, you are free of your disability. So in your 18th year, when the Lord set you free, Mm. you were free in that moment. anything that you thought that you were unable to accomplish in your life you had value in that moment and so I love how the Lord did that for you because even in verse 13 he said then he laid his hands on her Mm. instantly she was restored and began to glorify God we talked about how that experience, the abortion sucked the life out of you, but you mentioned something that was so powerful. You said your abortion birthed your purpose. And so yeah. in that experience, even though the world and the enemy was trying mm-hmm. to, to kill you because the enemy yes. can to steal, yes. kill, and destroy, he was trying yes. to steal your joy. He was trying to kill the baby inside you and kill yep. your life, kill your confidence yep. and destroy anything that could be. The Lord still laid his hands on you
2: yes, and restored
0: did. you. And that was all within that 18th So, like, my God, it's just like I was like, oh my God, oh my God, like, oh my God, yes, God, okay, this is so good. Yes, I wasn't expecting you to go over to Luke seven because when you went over to Luke seven and you talked about the woman pouring out her her perfume and mm-hmm. washing Jesus's feet with her hands and like. Bathing him in the perfume. And I instantly thought about the scripture that said that something about a sweet aroma to God. So I had to go because yeah. I was yes. like, wait a minute, like, where is this?
2: <laughs> I'm like, we're not gonna right. do a whole study. But like, um, Philippians
0: 4 in verse 14 through 23, it talks about the sweet aroma the sweet words, the sweet aroma. <laughs> um, of partnering with God. And mm. Paul describes how the way we live our life, the way that we live our lives before God gives off a particular smell, a sweet mm. aroma of an acceptable sacrifice. Jesus. Perfume, back in the day was known as something that you could sell in order. Right. To- it's expensive. Yes. This, yeah. It has value. And so what are you willing to sacrifice mm. in order to present yourself before the Lord so that you have this sweet aroma? She's washing his feet. Like, we know feet, like back in the right. day, it had tennis shoes, like we got tennis right, shoes. Right, exactly. So going from house to house. <laughs> and sandals. <laughs> all these, right. And this woman is like, I'm going to give you everything that I have. And yes. so even though she believed that she was full of sin, it was her faith that released her from the belief that she was unable to be set free. And so exactly, your faith is just so powerful because even- when you realized what you had done, the prayer that you prayed is the prayer that Jesus prayed on the cross: "Father, forgive people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they don't know what they're doing. Forgive them yeah. for I know not what they're doing." So you literally released freedom—the freedom of your forgiveness was released mm. the day that you that the day that you thought that you yeah. no longer had value.
1: Yeah, and then go to Luke one seventy nine. Because this enters into your two, right? But in Luke 179, is Zachariah, is Zachariah, is considered Zachariah's prayer, is where he prophesied over John the Baptist after John the Baptist was born. And this is when he got its breath. Read Luke 179.
0: Okay. Now the prayer starts at 67. Right, but I want to goes through focus. 79. You just want 79? Yes,
1: 79.
0: Okay. This is a CSV version. Luke mm-hmm. 179 to shine on those who live in darkness and the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace.
1: Yes. And I particularly wanted to say that because it says that shadow of death, right? Those who have been living in darkness. Mm. And this is what Jesus came to do. And so many of us are still sitting in darkness in the shadow of death. When Jesus came to bring us out of that, and there's a psalm that said, you know, take us out of the Maori pit, lift us out of the mower pit. And he came to give us peace, not that, not that external, but that internal peace, that peace when you can't sleep at night. He says, the peace I give you, can't nobody take that away. That's so good. The peace that I give you. When you understand and know, because when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. So now I know just as, as he said in Luke 13 and just as he called the woman with the issue of blood after recognizing everything that they, you know, what they called them as immediately after Jesus called them daughter. So now, even in the midst of everything that I do, I have this understanding that I am a daughter of the Most High King. I am a daughter who still has promises, who has blessings, who still has a purpose. Yes. I am still a daughter. Yes. I no longer have to live in that darkness. I no longer have to live in that shadow of death. I have peace mm-hmm. because I understand that I am a sinful person, but my sin does not dictate who I am.
2: Mm.
0: I am a sinful person, but my sin does not dictate who I am. We are born into a world of sin, sin. born into sin, and renewed through the blood of Christ. So you have been given new life. So, whatever sin you were born into, your sin does not determine who you were named, who God created you to be in your mother's womb. I'm
1: curious. Do you know what your name means? Yes. My name means victorious one. So every time Latoya steps in the room, victory comes. Come on. And that was a testament to my whole testimony that I have victory. I had victory over the enemy when I didn't know I had victory. Yes. So every place in everything that I'm tested in, everything that I'm tried in, I have victory. And you've had it since before you were even put on this earth. Had it before I was put on this earth. So now I can walk different. I can talk different. I can show up differently because I know when Latoya steps in the room, victory comes to. The Latoya Matthews. D Latoya Matthews. Come on. Whatever I'm faced with. Yes. Victory is right there. And I know that I don't have to fight my battle because the battle is already won.
0: Amen. Now I knew this was going to be fire, but I didn't know it was going to be this fire. Cause I be, I was like, "We gonna have some fun. Don't be nervous. It's gonna be us. This is fire." And I've been sitting here going on and on. But Latoya, you have a book that we yes. supposed, we supposed to be talking about your book sis. you have a whole book. Tell the people about Unveiled Freedom.
1: So Unveiled Freedom, my journey to. Removing the Burden of Shame After Abortion is my memoir, the story of where it all began and where I am now and where God, you know, is continuing, continuing um, to lead me. And so it gives the very raw, transparent details of my journey and what I've gone through and just seeing the hand of God, you know, moving my life and it's really an invitation for other women who've experienced shame, whether it's, you know, through abortion or not. Um, My main aim is that anyone can read this book, anyone who has been um, dealing with shame and use it as a way to rewrite the story, to become the author of their story, right? So it's not just words on a page, but it's a lifeline to freedom. Mm -hmm. It's an invitation, you know, on those pages for women to reclaim their voices, to step out from the shadows, to say, you know what, this happened to me, or I did this, or this event happened in my life, but I'm not going to let it dictate the story that God has already written for me. Mm-hmm.
0: You said something that struck something and I don't know what your second book is going to be, sis. But I know it has something to do with life. Mm. I know it has something to do with life. Because you said something and one, two, three, four, five, six. There's a lot of S's that you put out today. And I believe that these S's lead to death. So Mm. there's something that you're going to write or speak or something that has to do with life. But like it made sense because when you said sin, sin Mm -hmm. leads to shame. Mm -hmm. The shame leads to shadows. Mm-hmm. the shadows lead to secrets Ooh. the secrets lead to stress the stress leads to sickness and of course the sickness can lead us to Satan
2: yes mm. and so
0: there is a, a pathway to death that we mm. take when we allow our sin to bring us shame when we there's also a pathway that, to life there's a pathway to life and so because of the S's there's something that you're going to speak that's going to have to do with life mm. And I don't know when that's going to come, but I'm going to just plant that seed here Ooh. because this is really, really good. I'm curious. Wow. Why did you name the book Unveiled Freedom?
1: Um, because it is based on Second Corinthians 3, 12 through 18, where it talks about when Moses read in the Old Testament, there was a veil that he placed over his face so that the people wouldn't see the fading glory when he came down off the mountaintop. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And I looked up the definition of unveil and it means like something someone has never seen before. It's like an unveiling. They get to see something new. And people have always seen the version of me that I wanted them to see because it was me trying to protect myself from the shame of my story.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But Unveiled Freedom is this person that you never met before. Like you've seen me, but you haven't seen me in this light of freedom.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so Unveiled Freedom is based off of that because I think it's in verse 17, read 17. Mm-hmm.
0: Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. It might be with 18. We all, this verse 18, we all with unveiled faces are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is the spirit.
1: Yes. And I wanted you to read 17 too, because it says where the spirit of the Lord is, Mm. there is freedom. And where the spirit is void, there is death. And so Mm. for me, it was I had to remove the veil of hiding behind the things that have happened to me to um, really step out and be a true testimony of God's goodness and show people God's goodness. Because the Bible says that we're we're epistles. We're walking epistles. Mm -hmm. And so in order for for people to know how good God is, I have to be willing to share the testimony, I have to be willing to come from behind the veil to reveal exactly what God has done. And so I don't want to be, you know, during the time that was, that's what Moses had to do. He had to put on the veil, but in the, in the newness of life, I no longer had to hide behind the veil Mm. because when Jesus died on the cross, all of that died with it. Everything that I've encountered now, I understand the power in coming from behind shame. I know the power of what it looks like to come from behind the veil. And so this book is really me coming from behind the veil and giving other people permission to do the same and just really, you know, showing that freedom and showing that transformation that takes place when we go from glory to glory right yes. like you know I uh is it's it's just yeah just being able to remove the veil and the one way that I describe it in the introduction of my book is like a bride on her wedding day mm. she puts the veil over her face mm-hmm. and you know her makeup is all done but no one can see it until the veil is lifted right mm-hmm. and that's That's, too, how shame covers us. But instead of experiencing a glow, there's gloom. Mm. And so this veil that covers us is almost like that veil that people wore when they were mourning. Mm hmm you know, to hide the emotions. And we wear these veils to hide the pain, hide the wounds, hide the shame, everything that we've encountered. But it's when we get to the altar and come face to face with the one who has created us, where he can lift the veil, we can truly see the beauty behind everything that we've been through.
0: Amen. Amen. That that just sparked a personal revelation. Because when I first started all of this, even this podcast, the name used to be Iron Wifey. People used to ask me why. Um, And it's because Proverbs 27, 17 is iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. One person sharpens another. And I believe our stories have the power to sharpen, but they were like, do you only speak to wives? And it was like, no, we are the bride to Christ. And so we're called to present ourselves flawless and without spot to him. So in order for us to be that bride, when we are at our wedding feast with our heavenly father, when we get a chance to, to, to end this life and go from glory heaven on earth yes. to glory heaven in the sky that veil will be lifted but we can also yes. experience the veil being lifted here on earth because what jesus earth. did it's already finished
1: exactly because the spirit gives life
0: that might be your book that might be the next, the next book. The spirit the gives spirit life. gives life. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Y'all, you know what? Let's just get through the first
1: book. Where can people find your book with Toya? <laughs> you can find it on LatoyaMatthews.com. and there is a um space there that says um unveil freedom. And so you can book it there, get it, and it's gonna it's it's you know, I like I said, I just really want people from all walks of life you don't have to have an abortion to read this book um because we've all experienced shame some form of shame in in our lives so latoyamatthews.com forward slash unavailed freedom is where you can get it and let me tell you is it comes with some things okay
0: it comes with some things y'all y'all better, with go some get things. Them things. y'all better go <laughs> the, the bible says seek ye first the kingdom of god and all it these is. things will be added to y'all <laughs> Latoya saying there's gonna be some things love added so y'all gonna get it. the things um <laughs> Latoya this has truly been a pleasure it has been an honor I know this is part of your freedom tour so yes. this is part I'm just one of the stops on the tour can you tell yes. people about the
1: tour where else they can follow hear you things like that yeah, So we have, you know, some more stops and it's just been amazing. I, I never thought of, you know, a, a tour, but my good sis Michaela brought up the idea and I was like, let's do it. Cause I feel like I'm truly on a concert tour, right. You know, making my rounds around the, the States. And so um, we have some more t- um, stops and I am just, you know, excited. And so, Every week, we're, you know, we're at a different podcast city. That's what I'm gonna call it, a podcast city. I love it. And, um, you know, with my good sis, Evelyn, um, with my good sis, Mary Ann, and we have a host of uh, a number of women. And I don't want to give too many. You know, you're just going to have to catch the tour. Okay. Mm -hmm. Catch the tour.
0: I love it. Well, congratulations on Thank you. the release of your book. The official release date is January 12th.
1: Yes, on my birthday. Yes. yes. Happy birthday. Thank um, you. I
0: don't want to put your business out there, but has it been 18 <laughs> years since 28?
2: Uh,
1: no. It'll okay. be. No. Hold up. Girl, I
0: don't. Let me see. We, we'll talk about this offline.
2: I know. I got. I, know. I got. So
0: I got some things that I want to tell you about. I mean,
2: but super
0: excited that you were able to make a stop here on the Faith Based Storyteller Show. Yeah. Before I let you go, I Thank do you. like to end with the same three questions, and you can just let me know the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Number one, what are you grateful for in the season of your life?
1: The process.
0: Hmm. I love that. Uh, question number two. As you were, what is my question number two? Oh, there we go. Luke. <laughs> we talked a lot about Luke today. Y'all, clearly, y'all see where my head is at. I'm all in this conversation. <laughs> we talked a lot about Luke today. And mm-hmm. um, the this podcast used to be called About My Father's Business. And so what does mm-hmm. it mean to you, Latoya, to be about your father's business?
1: Being about my father's business is um, obedience, walking in obedience of what he's asked me to do.
0: Amen. That is so on point because when I think about the verse in Luke that we were talking about, Mm -hmm. how he freed, freed the woman from disability. The ability is your ability to do what he's called you to do. And that alone is just obedience. So yeah. Yeah. I love that. Last question for you, my love. I appreciate you so much for being here. Um, as we get ready to head out, as you know, uh, Proverbs 27, 17 is one of our staple verses. As iron sharpens iron, one friend or one woman sharpens another. How are you sharpening the women in your life, Latoya?
1: Ooh, um, by being a better person. I would say that's how I am sharpening other women in my life. Um, showing up and just being better.
0: I love it. Ladies and gentlemen, the Latoya Matthews. Latoya, thank you so much. I love you. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.
1: I love you, too. Thank you.
0: All right, loves. Wasn't that conversation fire? Like I knew it was going to be good, but I didn't know it was going to be that good. Like it was good, good. Um, and I'm super excited on how the Lord just kind of, his word just comes to life. Like whenever someone goes into the word of God and, uh, shows us how to apply it to life, like Latoya did when we died, when we dove into Luke, like there's conversations like that, that just make me want to go have Bible study even more. Like I just love the word of God, but I absolutely love that Latoya, uh, allowed us to be a tour stop on the freedom tour. If you would like to purchase her book or learn more about her, go ahead and visit her website at Latoya Matthews.com or the Latoya I'm going to make sure that I have the link correct down below. So just make sure you check the description box. Everything's going to be there um, and make sure you go out and support the book. Like the fact that Latoya is able to step outside that shadow of shame, that shadow of darkness and truly walk in the freedom that God has for her life, not just in writing this book but also in being obedient and telling her story and breaking chains just by using her voice there is power in that and you guys know that we are faith-based storytellers and so we know that we overcome satan by the blood of the lamb in the word of our testimony and so i'm super excited that you got a chance to hear latoya's testimony today make sure you go ahead and support her if this episode resonated with you and you would like to Uh, support the show please rate comment review like share this episode with someone who you know will also be blessed by this and if you are ready to join a community of faith-based storytellers then head over to faithaudionetwork.com we literally have a sisterhood here we are open to guys so it's not limited to sisters but we have a sister here who is going to help you as you walk through that journey, as you release that shame, as you open up your voice and get ready to tell your story. Um, so we invite you to join us in the faith audio network. It's definitely been a blessing and make sure you check out Latoya's tour stops, all of the links for her information, the stops that she's going to be taking, are going to be down below, but, guys, it's been such a blessing to spend this time with you. It's been such a blessing to know that you are here to hear the stories of these faith-based storytellers. I don't take this podcast or this platform lightly. um, and I'm so blessed by who the Lord sends our way. So thank you so much for listening. I am so grateful, so grateful for you. And until next time, remember that God loves you. And so do I. I'll see you on the next episode. Bye.